Welcome to Bedtime Story Adventure 2020, Children's Urban Fantasy. One chapter a day up until Christmas. Chapter 1. Strange Encounters. Something about the new circus made Jenny uncomfortable. It might have been its sudden appearance one morning slap-bang in the middle of a football pitch in Preston Park. Or it might have been the fact that the dirty red and white striped tent had no signs saying what it was, and seemed to be completely deserted. Or it might even have been the fact that her Sunday football practice had to be moved over to accommodate the foreign arrival. But more than all of those things, there was just something about the circus tent and surrounding caravan that felt wrong. Jenny took a swig from her water bottle and looked over to the dismal encampment on the adjoining field. A curtain flickered in the window of a long caravan. The only sign of life, a twitch of fabric through a filthy plastic porthole. Jenny shivered. The Saturday afternoon sun dipped slow and low behind the hill to the west of the park, taking any morsels of warmth from the air as it went. The lower field of the park was in full shadow now, the top of the circus tent catching the last glow from the west. Calling it a big top was being too kind. It looked barely big enough to fit more than a few dozen people inside its haggard canvas flaps. Not that Jenny had seen anyone go in or out or anywhere near it. Break's over! Run the last set again, girls! The coach's voice rang out. Jenny dropped her bottle on top of her kit bag and jogged over to two other players. They started running a triangle drill, passing the football smoothly between them. County tryouts had been running for a few weeks now. All skills and drills and scrimmages, no actual games. They would start once the squad was picked. After her school team's performance last year, Jenny felt that she and a couple of other Patcham girls had a legitimate shot of getting into the squad. With all of the pandemic and virus weirdness, Jenny was pleased to have the chance to play football again. By the time the final drill ended, it was getting dark. The coach gathered them together and dismissed them after telling them that the squad would be picked next week, and after selection they would need to start half an hour earlier to beat the setting sun. An excited chatter broke out as the girls tried to guess who might make the squad. Jenny floated toward Nancy and Felicity, two other players from the Patcham team. They walked together to their bags. "'I don't see how they can choose,' Nancy was saying. If they're not actually going to let us play full games, I mean, running sprints and drills is one thing, but games are totally different. It's been good to learn some new formations, Jenny said, gathering her stuff. Other girls had already drifted away, walking home or up to the car park to meet parents. Yeah, but it's not like a real game, Nancy said. Think about the cup final last year. It wasn't triangle passing that got us the win. Drills didn't stop that number eight player. You did. Jenny was quiet. She found it best not to say anything about her battle with number eight. There were enough rumours already. What is that? Felicity said, crouching down and beckoning. A dog. Here, boy. A small, ragged-looking creature trotted toward them. It had dark fur and a squashed face and a long tail. It wasn't any dog breed that Jenny had ever seen before. And it moved strangely too, all stiff-legged and awkward, like it had only just learned to walk. Felicity put out her hand to stroke its head, but it sprang nimbly to the side, balancing on two legs while looking up at the girls. 
For a moment it seemed comfortable, then it dropped its front legs and walked stiffly around to Jenny's bag and sniffed it. Hi, Jenny said, putting her hand out slowly. What kind of dog are you? The dog cocked its head to the side and put a paw out to meet Jenny's hand. She bent over and rubbed its head, but it writhed to the side and put a second paw out. Jenny held the paws gently in her palm. It likes you, Felicity said. What a funny little thing. I wonder where the owner is. Apart from the footballers, the whole of the lower fields were empty. Probably walking on the path, Jenny said, glancing up toward the square cafe. At that moment, the dog shifted its paws and gripped her wrist. She felt the claws working deftly, not painful, but precise and confident movements against her skin. Then the dog dropped back to the grass and started trotting stiffly away across the field. Jenny rubbed her wrist and stood up, and noticed that her leather wristband was missing. My badgerstone, she shouted. Hey dog, come back! Your what? Nancy said. My leather band, the dog took it, Jenny said, quickly zipping her kit into her bag and swinging it onto her back. The little dog was not far away. It seemed to be heading in the direction of the big top. You think the dog stole your band, Felicity said. Check your stuff, Nancy said. There's no way a dog can undo a strap. I'm sure about this, Jenny said. I've got to get it back. I'll see you at school on Monday. She set off across the field, leaving the other two girls standing speechless behind her. The thief dog was half a pitch away by the time Jenny got up to speed. It was still stiffly hopping along, and it was clear that it was heading toward the circus encampment. She still had her football boots on, and even with her bag on her back, Jenny was rapidly gaining on the little dog. Its path took it past the big top and in the direction of one of the caravans, thirty metres beyond. Jenny put her head down and sprinted to cut it off. The dog changed its path to avoid her, springing lightly to the side in a most undog-like manner. It scampered for a few steps on its back legs, and Jenny glimpsed her wristband in its front left paw. With a sudden, lithe motion, the dog tapped the ground with its front paws, then jumped forwards, angling back toward the caravan. But Jenny was a step ahead, and lunged to grab her wristband from the dog as it flew past. She missed its front paw, but her fingers brushed its head and caught hold of something. The dog, surprised by Jenny's grab, hit the ground awkwardly and rolled on the grass, coming to a stop by the entrance to the big top. For a moment, Jenny and the dog were still. Between her fingers she held a small patch of brown fur, like a tiny wig. The dog stared up at her, its chin pale and bare. Behind the dog, a flap in the dirty tent rippled and opened, and a figure emerged. It was a woman dressed entirely in black, high boots, leggings, black underlayer beneath a tailored jacket, and a tatty black top hat. Her face was smooth and narrow and looked from Jenny to the dog, then back to Jenny. The dog stared at Jenny, body rigid and quivering, its eyes wide. For a moment she thought it was angry with her. Then she realised it was afraid. Her wristband was still in the dog's left paw. The woman stood next to the dog. What Jenny had first thought was an underlayer was actually a tight mass of black lines covering her neck, a strange tattoo that crept past her chin in places and snaked up behind her ears. Is there a problem? the woman asked, raising an eyebrow. Her voice was smooth, with an accent that Jenny couldn't place. Somewhere in Eastern Europe, or the Far East, perhaps. While the woman spoke, 
The dog moved its front paws together and started fiddling with the wristband. Jenny wanted it back, but the fear on the pitiful dog's face, coupled with the strangeness of the woman, made her pause. I was playing football, Jenny said, gesturing across the now empty field, and my wristband came off. The dog picked it up. Is it yours? Yes, the woman said. Cece is a mongrel that we picked up and fed, and she should not be roaming around the park picking up other people's property. The woman roughly scooped up the dog and held her hand out expectantly. The dog slowly raised a paw and dropped Jenny's wristband into the waiting palm. Without letting go of the dog, the woman examined the wristband closely, running a finger over the back before turning her attention to the stone set in the front. The dog hung its head. This is a most unusual stone, the woman said. What is it? It's a bat. Jenny caught herself. Basalt. It's a type of basalt. A Christmas present from my uncle. And 373. What does that mean? The woman was looking at the underside of the strap. It meant nothing to Jenny, but the dog's head lifted slightly, eyes widening, then closing slowly. It had been found out. It's my school locker number, Jenny said. Another lie. This one to protect a thief dog that she had been chasing only moments before. The woman's face didn't change. Your uncle must love you very much to give you such a valuable item, the woman said. And it seems that you have something of Cece's. She pointed at the fur in Jenny's hand. I'm afraid Cece is sick and has started molting in strange places. I made her a, how would you say, dogwig, I guess. Jenny exchanged the fur wig for her wristband. While she put it back on her wrist, the woman reattached the fur to the dog's bare chin. We are almost ready for performances, the woman said. We are an educational circus, and will be putting on shows for the schools. I look forward to entertaining you in the near future. She gave a nod, accentuated by the tall hat, and disappeared inside the big top with Cece under her arm. It was a strange encounter indeed, with a stiff-legged dog which stole her wristband, and a tattooed woman who returned it. Jenny looked at the wristband, at the stone that was set into the leather strap. It was dark red with three lines scratched into it, and she was fairly sure it wasn't basalt, but that was all she could think of at the time. She had almost slipped up and called it a badger stone, which is what it was, a gift from the king under the fort himself. She took one last look at the shabby tent and set off briskly across the field and out of the park. Something about the whole thing was nagging her. Why had the dog taken the wristband in the first place, if not on the orders of the tattooed woman? And who makes their balding dogs face wigs? It was still a while before Christmas, but this definitely had the feel of an adventure. At the top corner of the park, Jenny could not help but glance behind her. A few cars were parked on the wide tarmacked path, lit weakly by a combination of the pale grey sky and the orange streetlights from a nearby road. A shadow flickered from a gap in the cars to a tree halfway to the road. Jenny waited, eyes trained on the dark side of the wide tree trunk. Nothing moved. A car pulled into the park, headlights sweeping across the grass and revealing nothing more than a bare trunk. Jenny stepped to the edge of the path, then turned and hurried out onto Preston Drove. 
Three more times she saw the flicker of a shadow between cars before reaching the bottom of her road. If she was being followed, she did not want to lead her pursuer back to her house. On the other hand, she was tired and hungry and had not actually seen anything corporeal. Turning onto her road, the corner house shielded her from behind for a moment, and Jenny took the chance to dart forward and slip into the corner house's front garden. Crouching behind a bush, she had a partial view of the pavement. She waited. It did not take long for her pursuer to show itself. Another small dog rounded the corner, this one a little larger than Cece, but with the same stiff-legged gait as it scampered along the gutter in the shadows of the cars. It paused and looked up and down the street. Jenny stayed completely still, watching while the dog stepped to the middle of the pavement and took another look up and down, before doing the most undog-like thing yet. It squatted back on two legs and used a front paw to scratch its head. No sooner had the furry head been scratched than a black-and-white cat flashed out of nowhere, heading straight for the confused little dog. The dog saw the attack coming and gave a high-pitched yelp as it sprang straight up on top of the nearest car. The cat adjusted course and bounded after the dog, which leapt to the next car roof and then the next and the next, letting out more high-pitched shrieks as it went. Both animals swiftly disappeared back around the corner. Worried that the dog's strange barks were loud enough to bring people out of the house, Jenny jumped the low wall and ran up the hill to her house. Breathing hard, she quickly let herself in and went straight to her room. Before changing out of her football kit, she composed a message to her best friend, making sure to include all the relevant details. An odd dog had stolen her wristband. A tattooed woman seemed to recognise the badger stone. Another strange dog followed her home. And the cat. She had only glimpsed it for a second on a dark street, a feline bullet aimed at her pursuer. After reading the message through, to make sure she had included everything, she hit send. An adventure would be just the thing to cheer James up. <laughs>